Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to bring back Patricia Pat Shevlin. Pat helps those who are grieving the death of a loved one find peace and purpose to achieve long-term healing. She is a registered nurse, a Spring Forest Qigong certified trainer, and a certified life coach whose soul, S-O-U-L, whose sole purpose is to be a healing guide for those who grieve. As a child born into a grieving family, she brings a unique perspective to family grief and is a compassionate and loving support to those who are mourning the death of their loved one. Pat is also a certified funeral celebrant, serving families who choose funeral and celebrations of life services outside of a formalized church. She is the Amazon best-selling author of How Do I Survive?, Seven Steps to Living After Child Loss, and she lives outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, in a multi-generational home with her family. Thank you so much for being here with us, Pat. Oh, thank you for having me, Nada. I'm just so honored. Oh, this is, this is so fabulous. So, in part one, we were talking about, um, you, you found a couple of pictures, and they happened to be of your brother, Greg, who had passed away when, um, when he was an infant, but you were, he was six years older than you, and you had a deep connection with him, um, even though he had passed away. So listeners, please go back, because there's no way I can do any justice to try to s- do a synopsis of that. But that's, that's how everything started off for Pat, is this little five or six-year-old girl. And then in 2012, she had this jolt of lightning where she heard Greg say to her, I was born through you. And now this is where we're going to take off. So what happened after that plane ride with the jolt of lightning? And so here we are. You're, you're back. You're landed. You um, start talking to your mom. You're sharing the book. Heaven is for real. Your mom gets to have this, this um, connection and knowing that she gets to see um, Greg again. And then if we can pick it up from there where I want to talk about how because experiencing the loss of a child now my daughter was 18 and I often wondered what would it be like at at any age right because one day or old or one week or one month all of it be like oh my god that would be the worst no that would be the worst no it's just all the worst so having to hold that in for if I'm not mistaken um six was it 60 years your mom no longer than that 60 years that your mom had to hold that in Hold all that information in. And and then to finally be able to, I love how you said that, allow those feelings to breathe or to have air. So how, 
how was it? How did she do that? And and it was, I know part of the time, it was just how it was back in the, the day, but how did she do that? How did she just kind of hold all that inside of her and not explode? Well, inter- that's a good question. Um, you know, back in that, no one talked about it. I had asked her at the time, I said, did you and dad ever talk about Greg? And this whole time of when he died, and she said, nope, never. And she doesn't recall anybody coming and comforting her. She remembers mm-hmm. She remembers the, um, uh, what do I want to say, the, the thing at the funeral home, you know, the having the, the wake or whatever they called it. Okay. Um, but what happened in my family, and if I can just share real quick, because this is a big part of my mom's story and something that I have seen through um, grief and people who have, are struggling with their grief is my mom had layered, my family had layered grief. So before my brother had died, I had a cousin who died. He was not quite 12 years old. And Mm -hmm. so it would have been a first cousin of mine. He had a ruptured appendix and it was my grandmother on my dad's side, her first grandchild. And he died abruptly because Mm -hmm. of this and very unexpectedly. And that was on a Saturday a few weeks after that, his mother, my Aunt Eleanor, my dad's half-sister, she died unexpectedly from a brain aneurysm, oh, also wow. on a Saturday. Oh. Then, a few weeks after that, my great-grandmother died, my dad's grandmother, who lived with Bobby and Eleanor and her family. She died. She was older, so probably of old age, I'm thinking probably from a broken heart. But then she passed away, also on a Saturday. So my mom mm. said you'd never wanted to answer the phone on a Saturday. Then all of a sudden, here my, my brother went and got his baby shots. I believe it must have been on a Friday. He got very sick um, immediately. And at 2 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday, uh, he had died. Oh, so here they had four, four in their immediate family. So when... I talked to my mom about that. I said, you know, I feel so bad that you felt so abandoned and didn't feel that you had that comfort around you. Mm. But then I walked her through saying, however, look at what happened. There was so much layered grief. I don't know that dad or his mother, you know, your mother-in-law had even in them. They were in such shock over Mm. all these deaths. And then, unfortunately, she felt robbed of all the you know, the compassion and because everybody was in a fog, right. terrible fog. So that, yeah. that was a very, um, so, and then she was, she said she probably, she always said that she was strange. You know, I must've been strange cause people didn't come around. I must've been strange, but she had a friend, her friend, Pat, who came to her after a bit and said, you need to snap out of this a little bit. You have two little boys that need you. So I'm assuming that my mom probably had a a pretty significant depression and breakdown Um, after Greg had died. And so she had a three-year-old and a 15-month-old, and she needed to take care of them. And she said she was very grateful for this friend of hers who did it with great compassion because mm -hmm. that kind of woke her up like, okay, I do have to go on living. Yeah. Um, So then she just went on with her life. Um, and just didn't talk about it until Greg would have been 60. Wow. 
Wow. It's so, it, it's so amazing. And I know um, it reminds me when my uncle died, this would have been, I don't know, 1974, 75. Um, and, oh, maybe it was my grandmother. And they had covered up all of the mirrors and the clocks. Like life just, and the blinds are drawn. It's so dark in the house. And it was, every, the world just stopped. And, and I was still fairly young and thinking, oh my God, this is like the worst feeling I have ever felt. And it was almost, yeah, it was almost like making yourself stay in that feeling and not doing it differently. There is no other way to do it. And I, you know, I mean, this was a, a grown person. And so there was conversation after that, but my heart just aches for your mother. When, when you said like, I just couldn't imagine not having support and people coming over and helping and yes and I would imagine a great depression and then having two little kids little ones that you're having to look after at the same time so oh my goodness Mm -hmm. so so how did so you and your mom start these conversations and then what are you discovering when you're when you're talking with your mom what all are what are what all are you learning well I think the circumstances of Greg's death but what I learned was you know, and I was studying to be a coach at the time, even though I was a corporate executive, and I'm a nurse, so I'm always curious about some of the psychology and that type of thing. But talking to my mom, I think the learning that I had was all these deep-seated feelings that never got to be expressed. And I almost, I coined the phrase failed grief, because I felt Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to get, utilize her grief, or my dad, and their grieving process to find healing. It was just buried along with my brother when he was buried. So, you know, we talked about she had some real deep anger at, you know, the the nuns at the hospital and how my mom found Greg when she went there after he had died, you know, that she felt that they didn't love him and care for him as if she would have been there when he died. You know, the abandonment, you know, where everybody is, kind of in their own stuff, and she had no one coming around and comforting her. The guilt, oh my gosh, the guilt, and as a mom, I'm sure, you know, having gone through the death of a child, I think that's probably the number one thing that really, what could I have done? Because as parents, we want to protect our children all the way, and Mm. so she had so much guilt, and so what I learned from her is how to kind of unwrap that guilt and uh, reframing it. So we really, I walked her through what I saw as an objective bystander um, to help her see the, what happened in a different way and how it wasn't anything that she did that caused him to die. She did everything any loving mom would do. Right. And so that helped her to release some of that. But like I said, it was just giving it air because when we hold these feelings inside, it just eats us up in one way or another. And so um, my mom has, I love her dearly. She lives with me. She's going to be 96 early in July, on July 5th. Mm. Um, Just adore her, but she never could smile widely. She never had that, that joy in life. And I, I really contribute a lot of that as to how she had that failed grief way back when. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. That's such a beautiful term, failed grief. I mean, that's, that's palpable. You can feel that. 
So when you're, since your mother lives with you now, and I know this from a conversation, that it is your granddaughter, if I'm not mistaken, granddaughter, that that sits at the table and your mom and her, that those souls are talking to one another, correct? Can you share that with us? Oh, yes. So this is where I've seen the absolute true healing in my mother. And I'm so happy that it's happened before her transition. Yeah. My, um, yes, we have four generations. My son and daughter-in-law own the home. My mother has a mother-in-law suite. Um, my husband and I have the lower level. And so we all sit and have a community dinner every night. Mm. And so my granddaughter, she's now getting close to 15 months, but she sits across the table from my mom in her height chair, and she will, first they'll look at each other, and Grace, my granddaughter, will start talking in an unintelligible voice. We don't know what she's saying, (laughs) but my mom connects with her, and they connect eye to eye, and it's just so powerful. I mean, you can just feel this communication, and my mom grins. She shows her teeth. I've never seen Mm -hmm. this my whole life. I mean, I'm almost 62 years old, never have seen her grin a wide, joyous smile until she has been in connection with Grace. And so I believe that Grace is really my mom's um, final healing of yeah. fi- and finding true joy through, through the voice and eyes of a babe. Oh, it's just, you can feel that. You can feel that. And that energy, and it's because that's exactly how I look at it, and that's how I look at it, um, is, is that it's all energy, that we're energy. It's just a transition from this physical plane into another plane. But that energetics, the essence of us, the, the us, the real us, communicates on such a soul level. And to be able to see that and to feel that and then to experience that healing for your mom, to be able to see that smile where you actually see her teeth is just like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It just brings tears to my eyes. It's so beautiful. It is know, so I've beautiful. Got, I've got tears. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's wow. Wow. It's, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that your brother connected with you to let you know. And then all of the, the things that have happened afterwards and especially the healing for your mom to be able to, to in her final days to be able to transition healed and and maybe continuing to heal but i don't know i think that essence soul is is 100% perfect but at least this part of us that's conscious gets to gets to know it differently um and and to be able to give those feelings breath it's so beautiful um pat i want to i want to shift into the book how do i survive seven steps to living after child loss so how, how did you come about, because you have not personally lost a child, how did you come about um, writing this book? And well, it's beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I believe, so this is my belief, and we are all souls. I believe that my brother came back through me, and together our souls are, we have our life purpose, our soul's purpose is to help, especially mothers, but families in their grief. Um, I think that was, he needed to come back. His spirit and soul needed to come back to help that. And my mom's part of that process. So working with my mom, I started understanding what are some of the things that I could help her delve into and to help peel away those layers and, and, you know, heal from some of these 
um, emotions that were holding her back. And I'm a life coach. And when I started in life coaching, I was not going to do a specialized niche. I didn't, I just knew that I loved to coach people for my whole life. And when I hung up my shingle, just as a right at the get go, two of my first clients, my very two first clients were grieving moms. One was um, five years out from the death of her son, who was 13 years old. And the other one was a woman that she came to me because she was grieving the death of her father. But as we talked, her child, who was seven or eight, at the, had died 30 years prior. And so we realized, and as we started working together, that there's all this buried grief that was within her, too, that had really um, created struggles in her life. And so we started working on that with no intention that that's why we started the coaching process. And mm-hmm. so as I worked with more and more and more moms would come to me and more families. And as I was doing this work, I could really see what are the things that were really helpful for people to find that healing on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I also saw what are some of the things that I would, where I coined the phrase failed grief, um, where people really struggled and so there are common denominators that I saw. So I took what I learned and put it into this book. What are the steps that can help really embrace the grieving as what it's there to do? And it is there for healing. That's what grief is. And grief is because we love so deeply. You know, had we never had loved, we wouldn't be grieving. But it really is a healing process. That's what it is, and that's what it's meant to do. So I took all of that and put that into these steps. And so, as I say, I'm not the creator of the steps, so to speak, in this program. Um, It's all the beautiful families and especially the grieving moms who have really shared the wisdom with me. And I was able to take that and put it into form so that we can help more families down the road. Um, so that they have the ability to talk about it and do these things to really, you know, honor their children and, and work through the emotions that are there. Yeah. Well, and you've done a beautiful job because I remember when, um, oh, I don't even think it would, maybe it was six or seven months, maybe eight months out after my daughter's passing. And I was, I hadn't really wanted to hear somebody else's story to help through the grief. I just, but I, I, one day I knew that there was a church that was offering a a speaker and apparently he was, he's a very um, highly sought after speaker about grief and especially grieving the loss of a child. And it's like, Oh, perfect. So I'll go and listen. And, and, and one of the very first things that he talked about was he lost his mom. I don't like maybe six months or a year. I don't remember. It seems like it was a short time prior to him coming in and and doing this talk. And he said, so I understand. And I just wanted to jump up and, and rip his face off. It was like, if you don't under like your mom is not your child that like, what, what is that? Um, you know, and of course there's still that I'm still in that piece of that anger, you know? So it was great to be able to be angry at somebody because I'd been angry enough at God. And I don't know if I ever really got angry with dare. I don't, I, I really don't think that I did. Um, I think I was really angry at God and then dust and <laughs> any of that other stuff. But it was, it, and at the time, of course, I never saw it as a blessing. 
But he ended up becoming one of the biggest blessings in my life because, and of course, I never said anything to him. I was never, I was very, um, you know, thankful that, that he was speaking. Um, but it, it allowed me to realize this, this anger piece in me is very much alive and that I, I want to be careful with that um, because you can't just go around lashing out at people because you've gone through a, through a traumatic thing of, of losing a child. And so reading your book, um, you would think that, that you had lost a child. That's what I, that's what I'm so taken aback with because Mm -hmm. it, it feels like, you know, you know, the words, you know, the, not the word, that's not what I meant to say at all. You know, the feeling and you, and you are able to express it in a way that's comforting and loving and supporting and not, um, here's my theory. Uh, you know, this is kind of what I, and for, for a person who has lost a child, that's, that's because I do work with other people that have lost children and it, it's painful to hear Mm -hmm. it that way. And that's not at all how your book is. It's so much as if you have lost a child. And so it makes me wonder also, um, through Greg, is this more of the information that you got from Greg to be able to, because he was the child. And then working with your mom, was it, was it the, all of that coming together to be able to, to write this so um, powerfully? I, I think so. I mean, that's my belief. I believe that there, we, we definitely are um, being divinely guided. Um, And again, the, the women that I've worked with, especially the women, um, men also, but they've been my They've been my teachers. They've been my wisdom keepers. And so I was able to take that information. And I'm the child of a grieving family. So I have a unique perspective that way. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm the child of, so I see things maybe a little bit differently. But yet I, I totally get it. Working with my mom. And I don't know. I, I can't really describe it. But I just feel like I was inside of her I could feel all of those emotions even though I hadn't done it myself and so maybe it is that that soul connection between all of us I mean I truly believe that my brother came to um to share that because he was the child and and I don't know you know I mean I I just feel all of this was all divinely orchestrated Yes. Um, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because that's what I've been called to do. And I know some people will say, but, you know, they all think that I've lost a child. And um, I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just have such a deep connection with all of you who have. I, I feel like I don't understand and I will never say that I understand that I get it. Never. Because yeah. I don't. I don't, I've not experienced that. And everybody's experience is so different. Like you said, just real quickly, you said, you know, you kind of wondered what it would have been like, you know, if, if your daughter was two or 10 or right. 30 or 40, my mom always said he was only four months old. So it wasn't yeah. as bad for me as it was for someone who would have had, you know, like her friends who, whose children had died or my relatives whose children had died, you know, in their teens or twenties or thirties. So that was her way of coping, I think, is that yeah. it, I didn't know him as well because I only had him for four months. 
Um, So everybody's grief is different, but I just, yes, I believe that, um, I truly believe that Greg is my soul um, in so many different ways. And this is why we're here. And if we can help people, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Uh, So beautiful. You absolutely do. There's no question about it. You absolutely do. Um, and, and being someone who, who walks that path, reading your book is very, it's, it's powerfully healing and it's just spot on. I love it. I love it. Um, it's a beautiful book and I highly recommend it. And I know exactly, um, some people that this book needs to go out to. Um, yeah. And of course we're going to run out of time because it seems like this time is just a blink of an eye and it's all over Mm -hmm. with. But you still feel, even now, you still feel that connection with Greg inside of you, correct? I mean, that's still there. You still carry him around with you. Oh, yeah. I talk to yeah. him all the time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And when and he answers you. Do you hear? Because I know that there's times that I will ask my daughter a question, and I'll hear the answer inside, which is no words whatsoever. And then there's other times I'll hear the answer inside, and it is words. So how do you hear an answer with words or a feeling or a, a nudge to do something? How is it for you? I, like you, I, it's different. Sometimes it's a feeling, but it's words, but it's not words. Yeah. And it's very hard to describe that for people who may not have experienced that, but it's, it's words. It's very clearly communicating, um, but it may not necessarily be the way you and I are speaking right now. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I have no idea because I believe everything is a miracle. I think that was Albert Einstein who had said that you can view the world as everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. And I don't know what this miracle and synchronistic moment is, but as we're having this conversation, there are two birds that are mating right outside of my window and they'll fly up and then they jump down and then they fly up. And it's, it's just life. It's more life. It's more life. And it's like, I love it. Oh, and especially in a conversation that's not always so easy to have. Um, Pat, I'm so grateful um, that you are that you are in my world and and that um, I have access to this book and I have access to you and and it, how powerfully this can help heal other people's lives. And because you are a coach and you work with people that are grieving um, and and you you um, um, are a funeral. Um, I don't want to say director. I forgot my word. Cel- celebrant. Yes. And, and I love how you do it. I I. I don't know if you were doing this 12 years ago, um, but that would have been so beautiful for, cause you're just in a panic. You never like, I never thought I would have to do this. Like, Oh my God, how, where do you go? And how do you do all of this stuff? I wish I would have known you. It would have been, um, but of course everything happens exactly how it, how it's supposed yeah. to happen. You have so much, so much beautiful um, work that you're doing and all of your information will be on the show notes. So people will be able to connect with you if they need to, um, want you for coaching with grieving, um, you know, f- for funerals or celebrations of life, all of that. The easiest way to get in touch with you um, before the show notes are out, can you share that with us? Yep, just email me and it is Pat Shevland, all one word, at msn.com. Okay, perfect. And then that information will for surely be in the in the show notes. And then um, there's also a link that will be in the show notes for a free ebook for the How Do I Survive? Seven Steps to Living After Child Loss. Um, and I, I guess I can't, I, I've lost a child, so I, I know what a 
it's very comforting. Maybe even if you haven't lost a child, a loss of a of a of anything, because you you have powerful words, powerful statements in here, and and all of us have lost something, and all of us have grieved something in our life. Um, and I just I want to thank you. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I just I feel so. Um, I'm just very grateful. Thank you, Pat. I am so grateful to you and feeling so blessed and so glad that we connected. Um, This is how it's meant to be, right? Yes, absolutely. And as soon as it is possible, I would love to sit down and have a cup cup of coffee and just a conversation and um, just be in that energy. And so I look forward to doing that very soon. Yes, I look forward (laughs) to that too. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you very much. And listeners, um, yeah, Pat's information, all of it will be in the show notes. Powerful woman um, and the real deal. And I, I love being able to b- bring people on that, that are all about healing and helping and um, helping this world to be the most beautiful place that it is supposed to be. So thank you again, Pat. And thank you, listeners. Um, wishing you the most beautiful day and most beautiful week. And Uh, We will see you here again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.